coming up, should the D-backs trade for a certain Marlins pitcher? Looking at Betaline's 2023 World Series odds and seeing if the D-backs were completely disrespected. And I believe it's GM's week right now for all the MLB GMs are you know having meetings discussing. And there's a whole bunch of rumors right now, trade targets floating around. So we're going to be looking at some of those potential trade targets and doing a little game of in or out on those trade targets on today's Locked on Diamondbacks podcast. You are Locked on Diamondbacks, your daily Arizona Diamondbacks podcast, part of the Locked on Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome into the Locked On Diamondbacks podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day listening to who? The always charismatic host of this podcast, Miller Thomas. Every time I start the podcast, I always have a little tickle in my throat. I'm a multimedia journalist and I'm a graphic designer, so please go check out my website, MillerThomas24.myportfolio.com. On this, <clears throat> on their on my website, you can check out all my latest articles, photos, graphic designs, whatever you want to see. If you want to see more content by me, just follow me on Twitter at CreatorThomas24 for my personal account. Or just look up Locked on Dimebacks, both Twitter, Instagram for the podcast handle. We're also on YouTube. We are getting very close to 200 subscribers, so go hit the subscribe button on the Locked on Diamondbacks YouTube channel. And of course, thank you for making Locked on Diamondbacks your first listen every day. Would not be able to do this podcast without you, my loyal listeners, sharing, subscribing, reviewing, doing all that so I could do this podcast for you. Thank you. It's free and available on all platforms. So please continue to tell your friends. On today's podcast, there's a whole bunch I want to discuss with you guys. But I first want to start here because... I was scrolling on Twitter. I saw someone suggest because recently, like I said, GMs meeting week. I think all the MLB GMs are meeting this week and just discussing free agents, trade targets and stuff like that. And one name that has been swirling around is Pablo Lopez. And then when I was scrolling through Twitter, I saw some saw some Miami Marlins fans saying we would be down to trade Pablo Lopez for an Alec Thomas. And that got me thinking. Would that be a good trade for both sides? Would the D-backs do a trade, Alec Thomas, for Pablo Lopez? And would the Marlins do it? And the conclusion I came up with, I think, would be a yes, because we already know the D-backs have an outfield log jam with Carroll, Thomas, Varsho, Jake McCarthy, throw Stone Garrett in there, throw two years from now Drew Jones in there. You got like a Dominic Fletcher in AAA. Like, the D-backs have a loaded outfield, and... One thing they are not loaded in loaded in is their rotation depth. Like we all love Ryan Nelson. We all love the Dre Jamesons of the world, but that was a very small sample size. And it's not like Mass and Bumgarner is gonna all of a sudden turn back the clock. So really, after Merrill Kelly and Zach Gallen, there's guys we like, but are there guys we really trust? That's where you could bring in a Pablo Lopez because I think the D-backs would at least do it. Pablo Lopez immediately is your number two, number three starter, depending on how you slot him in, maybe ahead or behind Amaro Kelly. He's also fitting in right on the D-backs timeline. Pablo Lopez is not old at all. Entering his prime, I believe your prime starts right when you're around 26, 27. It's exactly what Pablo Lopez is. 26 going on 27 with a couple more years of arbitration as well. So this guy is cost-controlled. He's young, and he fits right on the D-backs timeline, who 
Like we all know, very young team when you look at that lineup rotation. Zach Gallon's young. Ryan Nelson, Dre Jameson will probably be in the rotation or at least be in the mix for it. So it's going to be a young squad. I think Pablo Lopez perfectly fits the timeline. I guess some of his numbers, he's not like an elite elite pitcher but i think he's a solid mid rotations guy a mid threes era pretty much the last three seasons with a very good strikeout to walk ratio low contact percentage the last three seasons around around the low 70s in contact percentage the last three seasons and excuse me throughout his career pablo lopez has been very good at inducing the ground ball that's something the d-backs love they love it when their pitchers because could induce the ground ball and for his career a 48% ground ball rate for Pablo Lopez is very promising. And if you look at the last two years, his double play percentage, almost near 20%. So this is someone that induces a lot of ground balls. And when he does induce those ground balls, almost a fifth of them turn into double plays. You like to see that. He also has a small little sample size against the NL West. Not big. He has like six starts total against the NL West. But his numbers against the NL West have been pretty solid through the small sample size. His biggest struggle has probably come against the San Diego Padres. But the Padres just own the D-backs. And maybe with Pablo Lopez getting a little bit more rep, a little bit more opportunity against the Padres, he will be able to figure them out. So Pablo Lopez, I, I would like to see him on this D-backs team. He's someone with a five-pitch arsenal. He leans primarily into his fastball and changeup, but still can throw a, a whole bunch of different pitches out there. Like He likes to throw a cutter just like a Mad Bum, but way more effective than a Mad Bum. And then he also likes to throw a sinker and curveball, and that's how he induces a lot of those ground balls. He likes to throw the sinker more to lefties with the curveball more to righties as well. So I think Pablo Lopez would be a very interesting trade candidate. He's not someone that I think would break the bank for as a trade target. I think Alec Thomas would be a very reasonable piece to give up. Uh, if you had to have any concern with a Pablo Lopez, though, I mean, he wasn't very good the last like four months of the season, but you could say that's okay because we got Brunstrom. The Brunstrom effect would potentially turn Pablo Lopez into uh, into another Cy Young Award winner. I don't think he's that good as a pitcher, but Pablo Lopez with Brunstrom probably looks like a legit number two starter. Probably looks like the guy we saw the first couple months of the season. I think Pablo Lopez is Biggest struggles when you look at his numbers is that third time through the order. Opposing batters are just teeing off against Pablo in that, that third time through the order. So Brent Strom can get with him, work out the, the struggles that Pablo Lopez has the deeper he goes into ball games, still perform effectively. Because that was the most interesting thing about Zach Allen when you look at his splits. He's still as good as he was in the first inning as he was in like the seventh inning. Like as Gallon pitches deeper into ball games, he's not one of those pitchers that get worse. Pablo Lopez is, so with the Brunstrom effect, I think Pablo Lopez would be okay. And then for the Marlins, I think they do it because, obviously, Alec Thomas wasn't, you know, great offensively this past season. He still needs to improve a lot in that area, but I think at the worst, his floor is the best defensive center fielder in the sport, and he's also a former top 20 prospect entering this past season, so this guy's raw. He's super young, and I think he still has a, a, a ton of potential, and just looking at that Marlins outfield, like, it's not very good. It's not a very, t a very talented crop of outfielders the Marlins have, so I think Alec Thomas might immediately be the best outfielder the Marlins have if they were to acquire him, and this would be a bet on Alec Thomas's bat coming around like 
Like I said, it's been a struggle for him this past season, but he's still so raw, so young. And if he can at least tap into those doubles, be a doubles machine with around 15 home runs, be a high contact guy that's around a 280 average and is a table setter for you at the top of your lineup with a Jazz Chisholm, I think that's all the Marlins want. The Marlins are loaded with arms and the D-backs are loaded with outfielders. So I think these two would be a perfect trade partner. I don't think it would be a one-for-one swap. So if the D-backs could also get a potential reliever in the deal, that would be great. We could even throw in another young outfielder if the Marlins wanted, like a Dominique Fletcher, like I mentioned, or something like that. So I think these two teams should explore this trade possibility. D-backs have the logjam outfield, way too many players out there. And Pablo Lopez, he's someone that I've had my eye on the last couple of years. He's someone that I always try to draft in fantasy if I can because I think he's better than what people realize and he always goes late in draft so this would be a trade target I would love for the D-backs to go after now today's episode is brought to you by Simply Safe if you thought about securing your home with home security but you haven't but you have been but you have been putting it off You'll want to listen up because right now, Locked On Dimebacks listeners can order the number one rated Simply Safe home security system for 50% off. This is their biggest offer of the year, and you won't want to miss out. Did you know that over the holidays, property crimes like burglaries and package theft spike nationally? That's why our friends at Simply Safe Home Security are offering 50% off their award-winning security system so that more families can feel safe and secure this holiday season. Order your Simply Safe system for a half off today and enjoy advanced security and greater peace of mind this holiday season. Here's why I love it. Simply Safe was named the best home security system of 2022 by US News and World Report for a third year in a row. In an emergency, 24 7 professional monitoring agents use Fast Protect technology exclusively from Simply Safe to capture critical evidence and verify the threat is real so you can get priority police response. Simply Safe is a whole home security with advanced sensors for every room, window, and door. HD security cameras for inside and out, smarter ways to detect motion that alert you only when a threat is real, and even hazard sensors that detect fires, floods, and other threats to your home. Don't miss your chance to save big on the only security system I recommend. Get 50% off any new Simply Safe system at simplysafe.com. That's simplysafe.com slash locked on MLB. There's no safe. Like Simply Safe. All right, all right, all right. Let's get back into the podcast. And I got a bone to pick with Bet Online, one of our favorite sponsors, but they dropped their 2023 World Series odds, and we've been discussing that on the pod the last couple of days. But I really want to dive into where they have the D-backs on their World Series odds for next season because I gotta be honest, I think Bet Online, our friends over there, we love you. Guess what? You're gonna take a whole bunch of money in my pocket when I go make a bet on the D-backs next season for their futures. Or I go make a crazy Lakers win bet, which never is gonna hit, even though I'm a big Lakers fan. They are just in a huge rut right now. But 
I do have a big issue with bet on bet online where they have the D-back slotted in the 2023 World Series odds because I think it's absolutely crazy that the D-backs are tied for the second worst odds in the entire sport. These are the other teams tied with the D-backs for 100 to 1 odds tied for second worst in baseball. The Chicago Cubs, the Cincinnati Reds, and the Colorado Rockies. Are you serious, Bet Online? The Cubs' best player is Wilson Contreras, and it seems like he might not even be there next season. The rest of the lineup is not very good either. Quietly, the pitching staff was very good for the Chicago Cubs this season. They finished the year very strong, but do I expect the Drew Smiley's of the world to keep it up? I do not. I think it might have been a little bit of a fluke season by the Chicago Cubs. The Cincinnati Reds, they came into the season trying to tank, and then they unloaded some of their best players at the trade deadline. I don't think they're anywhere near the D-backs level, and I don't think entering next season, they're even trying to win games. Like The D-backs are trying to move into a positive direction toward a playoff direction. The Reds are still trying to go the opposite direction, still trying to tank and still trying to rebuild as much as they can. So I think it's disrespectful to have the D-backs and Reds on the same level. And the Colorado Rockies don't even get me started on this team because they are a complete disaster with their front office. They signed Chris Bryant to that mega contract after trading Nolan Arenado a year earlier. Like, they don't know what they're doing over there. Their pitching staff is terrible. And it's not just because they play in Coors Field. Look at the numbers. Pitching staff is, like, better at home than they are on the road, which is pretty weird. So I don't understand how those three teams are considered on the same level as the D-backs. And then listen to some of the teams ahead of the D-backs in terms of odds. The Giants are 28-1. to The Angels are 33-1. to Orioles 50 to 1, Guardians 50 to 1, Marlins 50 to 1, Twins 50 to 1, Rangers 50 to 1, Tigers 60 to 1, and Royals 75 to 1. First, let me start with the Giants because I think they're way too high. I can concede that maybe you want to put the Giants ahead of the D backs and potential World Series odds because that organization is so smart and they always seem to do better than our expectation levels that we have for them. But 28 to 1, I think, is pretty high. And Even though I do trust that organization, I don't trust the talent that they have right now in the building. Like, their players are getting old. Brandon Belt, Brandon Crawford, those guys are old. They're letting old guys walk like Evan Longoria in free agency. And let's not forget the D-backs at one point caught up to the Giants in the standings in September and made it close. So it's not like the Giants are leaps and bounds better than the D-backs. I look at the Angels outside of Otani and Mike Trout. Do the Angels have a better situation than the D-backs? Like, they're a hot mess every single season, and there's talks about Otani being moved, maybe not being moved. I mean, Trout seems like he's just happy losing every year and just collecting his check. I hate when I have Mike Trout slander, but it's just so easy and just so much fun and just gets so many people riled up. But honestly, I don't hate Mike Trout at all. It's just fun to slander him. But situation outside those two is it better than the d-backs uh probably not in that front office is usually i mean they haven't been able to identify a pitcher in over a decade so i don't trust that team to have better odds at a world series than the d-backs the orioles had a better season than the d-backs this past season but in actuality i feel like they're on the same level right like these are the top two picks from this past draft like even though the orioles might have had a better season and were close to the wild card race like i, I think Talent-wise, these two teams are pretty close, and I think if they played a seven-game series, it would probably go seven games. 
The Guardians, I'm okay with being ahead than the D-backs because this team was almost a game away from going to the championship series, and they have one of the youngest rosters in baseball. They have a pretty stacked rotation. Like, I don't mind the Guardians being ahead of the D-backs when it comes to odds. The Marlins have a great pitching staff. I love a lot of their pitchers, but outside of Jazz, who scares you in that lineup? Not a lot of not, not really anyone, and it's not like the team has even produced in terms of winning. So don't understand how the Marlins are so much higher than the D-backs. The Rangers, I think I'm okay with being higher than the D-backs because they seem steadfast and trying to spend money and trying to improve this team as quick as possible. So I think they're going to spend another you know, $200-plus million this offseason in hopes of making the postseason next year. And then the Royals and Tigers being ahead of the D-backs make no sense. Those are both dumpster fires. I mean, the Tigers had a completely awful season none of their players seem to do anything offensively you couldn't draft one of those players for fantasy and it would help your team and then the royals i mean i like bobby Witt, but outside of that is there anyone you're even interested in like they decided trading for luke weaver was a good idea so looking at all those teams like i think the d-back should be slotted right in with the Baltimores and the Miami Marlins of the world with 50 to 1 odds, and they should definitely be higher than the Tigers and Royals. Outside of that, okay, you can make a case for maybe the Rangers being higher, the Gardens being higher, but Orioles, Marlins being significantly higher, with the Rangers and Tigers also being higher than the D-backs, that's where I, I just think these odds were way off because I do think this D-backs team is not that far off from being a wildcard team, and we saw this past season. Once you're in the wild card, once you make it to the postseason, anything can happen. Now, I want to play a little game of in or out with some potential trade targets that have been swirling around the GM meetings this past week. These are players that seem to be available for other teams to trade for. And we already talked about Pablo Lopez. Locked on Dimebacks is all in on Pablo Lopez for Alec Thomas. I'm calling that one into the league office. Let's get it done. Let's make it happen. But some of these other ones are a little bit more high profile than Pablo Lopez, and it's going to take a little bit more capital to get these players because the first player I have up on my in or out list, and this guy is just dear to my heart. This is a complete bias answer. I'm not going to lie to y'all because it's Rafael Devers, and I abs- he's my favorite player in baseball, y'all. I'm sorry. I do the Lockdown Dimebacks podcast, but Devers is my favorite player. We share a birthday. He's got that pudgy baby face, and he just freaking crushes, and I would do anything it takes to get Rafael Devers. There's not many players I would trade one of the D-backs key prospects. I'm talking about the Lawlers, Corbin Carroll, and Drew Jones for, but Devers, I think, is one of those guys. He's still only 26 years old, still in the prime of his career, and he just mashes, dude. 295 average and a near 900 OPS this past season. He's got 30-plus home run potential, drives and runs, drives and ribbies. I think he's a stud. Now, he's only got one year left, and the Red Sox are already offering him $200-plus Seems like Devers wants $300 million. So this would be a deal where you give up probably one of your best three prospects, like I just mentioned, Jones, Carroll, or Lawler. And you're going to have to pony up a lot of money for Devers. You're going to have to pony up Zach Granke-level money for Devers. But Ken Kendrick, let's not be cheap when it's 
when you need talent, we need superstars, you got to go out there and get them when they become available. And if their asking price isn't too crazy, you got to do it. And it's also baseball. You think you probably have to give up one of the three players I just mentioned for Devers, but again, it's baseball and you probably don't like it's not like the Red Sox got one of the top three prospects back for Mookie Betts or, you know, a, a golden or, or a blue chipper. Let's let's say that. Most of these deals, the Arenados, the Goldsmiths, the Mookie Betts, whenever you trade your franchise star, most of those players aren't going for blue chippers. Like the D, like the Red Sox gave up some blue chippers to get Chris Sale, but most of the time you don't see that happen in deals. So you might not even have to give up one of your three blue chippers if you're the D-backs to get a Rafael Devers because it's going to it's going to cost you a lot once you acquire him because he's going to want a big bag of cash. And if the Red Sox could get back some young, interesting talent to replace Devers, they might be in on that deal, even if they don't get a blue chipper back because we've already seen it with Mookie Betts of the world. How about Corbin Burns? The Milwaukee Brewers seem to have already started maybe a potential fire sale when they traded Josh Hader at the trade deadline. Maybe the Brewers are trying to reboot a little bit because they've always had pitching but their offense just hasn't been able to get it done. And Corbin Burns, two more controllable years. You know what that means? I'm in on Corbin Burns. Burns, let's not forget, was the 2021 Cy Young Award winner. So he's going to be another guy that commands a lot when you think about the return for him. We just think about Corbin Burns' last three years. 2020, the pandemic season. A 2-11 ERA. 2021, led the league in ERA, led the league in ERA+. Plus. FIP, home runs per nine, and strikeouts per nine. And he won the Cy Young Award last year. And then this past season, a 2.94 ERA, led the league in strikeouts, no biggie. Like Corbin Burns is a stud. He might be a guy that might need a, a you know a blue chip prospect too. But again, I would at first try not to give up a blue chip prospect. If I could give up like an Alec Thomas or a Jake McCarthy, one of those, you know, young outfielders that's not Corbin Carroll, I would do that. Um Dalton Varsha would have a tough time giving up too. And I would, like I said, or I haven't said this before, but I would give up an Alec Thomas or Jake McCarthy. And then plus an interesting young arm like a Drew Nelson or like a Ryan Nelson, a Dre Jameson or Brandon Fat. So I would give up a young outfielder and a young pitcher for Corbin Burns because if I could pair Burns and Zach Gallon together, like imagine Gallon being your second best pitcher in a rotation. I love Gallon, but he's not as good as Corbin Burns. He's very close, but he's probably not as good as Corbin Burns. And then imagine Corbin Burns or Brent Strom. If I have those two as the front line in my rotation, we just saw the Phillies, how far they could go with two elite pitchers. And then Merrill Kelly as your number three is right, is way better than a Ranger Suarez. So I would absolutely love that for the D-backs. Devers, Corbin Burns, I'm all in on. But this next guy is a little bit more questionable. As Brian Reynolds of the Pittsburgh Pirates. And the D-backs already have a logjam in the outfield. So I think I would only be in on Brian Reynolds if we could package a Thomas and a Jake McCarthy for Brian Reynolds. Because then at that point, it makes sense. And then we'll see once what happens when Drew Jones gets called up, if he's legit that guy or not, moves so into DH or whatever. But Brian Reynolds is more of a luxury. I don't think he's much of a need. So I'm only doing it if I could package two young outfielders that's already playing for the D-backs for a Brian Reynolds. I think that would be the only way that makes sense. But I don't think I would want to do a Varsha or Corbin Carroll. It would have to be a very specific deal where it's like a Jake McCarthy and an Alec Thomas for Brian Reynolds. Because Reynolds is good, still controllable, can get you near 30 home runs, a 300 average, 900 OPS. So I think he's a legit all-star level player. But he's not someone that I'm trying to move heaven and earth for. I don't think he's a needle mover. Uh, you know, maybe it's because he plays for the Pirates. I don't 
view him as highly as maybe I should, but I don't think he's like a championship World Series needle mover. It would help the D-backs get closer to the playoffs, but I don't know how much closer that is because I think they're already so good in their outfield. So like I said, more of a luxury than a need when it comes to Brian Reynolds. Now that's it for this edition of the Lockdown Dimebacks podcast. Come back tomorrow for more Dimebacks news coverage and insight. Thank you for making Lockdown Dimebacks your first listen every day. Go make your second listen today. The Lockdown Sports Today podcast. From the games that matter to the biggest stories in sports, go beyond the scoreboard and behind the scenes with local experts and insights only Lockdown can provide. Available on this app, YouTube, and wherever you get your podcasts. And as always, stay safe, stay healthy. Deuces. Oh.